This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. New Zealand Bridge, sponsoring bridge from beginner to international, nationwide. Welcome to the Bridge Zone. You're at the table with Barry and Mariana. We have our nice sparkly hats on today. We are off to Hamilton Bridge Club to play in the Melbourne Cup Bridge afternoon. Barry brought his hat out. What's it called? Wagga Wagga. Why is it called a Wagga Wagga? Because it's Australian, 100% leather. Ooh. Are you backing an Australian horse today? I haven't decided yet. I'll have to wait and see what the track conditions are, whether their coat's looking good, how they go down in their preliminary. Any jockey that's wearing purple, I'll put some money on them. I prefer to back horses that have odd numbers, but today I have my leprechaun hat on. It's beautiful green because I am actually going to back an Irish horse today. You should see what she looks like folks. Honestly, it's like working with a mouldy leprechaun. He's playing with my five dollars. <laughs> Barry's got a TAB account so I've given him a fiver. Nice sparkly new fiver. He's going to put some money on a horse for me. Is it trained by Aidan O'Brien? I don't know. Really? You need to take it more seriously. Have I you not can't done any... remember what its name is. Oh. <laughs> How am I going to back it if you don't know what Well, I know name? it's got green and yellow colours, so I'm actually bucking hey, the trend hey, today. what happened it's to the purple. purple? What happened to yeah. the purple? I know. There wasn't many to choose from. Anyway... There's 24 of them. Bound to be one with purple. Let's talk. If you're looking for a new bridge partner, have you got a new bridge partner today? No, I haven't. It's one of the used ones. I don't know if she's got a used by date. It might be for me. <laughs> Playing like rubbish at the moment, Barry. Well, you go through these little patches and yep. the old saying is that every bad day you have gets you one closer to a good one. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. Thank you very much. So when you're looking to find another bridge partner, first question is, is it good to play with lots of partners? What do you think, Mariana? I don't enjoy playing with lots of partners. It does head in a little bit. I would prefer to have a regular competition partner. It's a little bit difficult. It makes it harder when you come from one city moving to another one and breaking in. So I do play with a a couple of people. Having that solid partnership, like you, how often do you deviate away from Jenny Millington? Well, I am today. Yes, you are. With another wonderful lady, Nigella. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. And I played the last competition with somebody else. I mean, you, you do play a bit, but I mean, there's no doubt that if you really want to get better and improve and do well, although it's nice to play with a lot of partners and it's quite social, you really are better off to play with one partner on a quite a regular basis. A regular basis, And, and try yeah. and work on your system and try and get better with the two of you and just try and develop that partnership. I mean, it is all part of the fun of bridges, trying to develop a partnership. Yeah, true. And, you know, they're like marriages. There's what they call bridge divorces. <laughs> and there's been a few of them. Yeah, and they can be more traumatic than the real ones. Yeah, but then they get back together. <laughs> Remember when Andrew Robson was talking about yeah, him that's and right. Yeah, absolutely. And then they took a little bit of a holiday yeah, and then just, they got back together again. At the end of it, they probably do enjoy playing with each other more than anyone else, even though they have their moments. Happens to the best of us. So there's another question on the long same lines. Is, is it best to have a partner of equal ability? For my preferences, I prefer to play with someone that is more experienced than I am so that I can learn because I ask lots of questions. Some of them are fantastic questions. Some of them are not so fantastic. Yeah, some of them are dumb questions. (laughs) Don't I know it. (laughs) But 
Well, like, let's put out the show, you know, like I'm the learner and you're the old one. <laughs> this has nothing to do with age. <laughs> no, but it works because I'm the one that's sort of like the sponge and you're imparting all your knowledge and I think that that works well. And although I, compl- too. though I complain about the stupid questions. <laughs> hey, gives you something to talk about, even though you don't need much prompting there. <laughs> That's true. But I do think I think it's better when, if you want to get ahead, that you play with someone that has a better ability than you. And it may not turn out to be your regular competition partner, but you learn. For me, I learn more and I think more. And then if I play with someone that's slightly less experienced than I am, then I sort of impart some views. But that gets to our next question. Whose system should you play? Oh, no, 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 I haven't finished with the well, first one yet. No, nah, because it was actually a little bit of a trick question. Oh, gosh, here we go. <laughs> so when I said, is it best to play with a partner of equal ability, I've got something to tell you. You'll never find someone with equal ability. You might be better at one part of the game. Yep. You might be better at declare a play than they are, and they might be better at bidding than you are. So if you're looking for a partner of equal ability, well, it's just never going to happen. There is going to be some disparity in different things. And some people just love bidding systems, and they'll sit there and read it all, and they'll, yep. you know, they just love it. And the other one really can't be bothered. But you know, their declare a play is better, and they'll read all about declare a play, and they'll practice their declare a play. One of them might be better at defence. So there's all so many different aspects of the game that it's quite hard. And some people they're probably best at being dummy. Uh oh. <laughs> I do enjoy being dummy. I like having the ability to be able to fit partner, to being able to support. What I don't like is when you know we could have had something else. No qualms about being dummy because I like making sure that the partnership reaches the the best contract. Le more. Le more. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Now let's get on to that one. The third question. Yep. What was it again? It was about systems. Should we compromise on systems? Yeah. Or should we just go the whole hog and play one of our systems? I actually believe that it's best to do that. I mean, if you compromise on system, you end up with a bit of a mishmash of yep. your system and my system. It's better I either play your system or you play my system and just go the whole hog. So the more experienced one should come down to the the one that it's used to because they should be able to change. Yeah? Uh, I don't know. Not necessarily. No. Um, you know, it depends how complicated the more experienced person's system is. But yep. if one of you is prepared to learn a system... I don't know whether it really has to, unless it's a really complex system. If one of you is playing symmetric relay and the other one is playing four-card suits with no transfers, then you know it might be a bit of a quantum leap. But yeah. that would be unusual. So if one of you is playing standard American and the other one's playing Echol, just make a choice and say, right, we're gonna we're gonna play standard American. We're not gonna play Echol with five-card majors, or we're not gonna <laughs> do some mishmash of the thing with strong twos and whatever you call them and something else so I think it's best to just play a standard system and play it well one of you is just going to have to bite the bullet and learn a new system shall we have a lazy $2 bet today on the Melbourne Cup between Nigella and yourself and myself and Barbara Daly well is Barbara in good form at the moment she's chomping at the bit Mm, maybe it should be just $1 then (laughs) (laughs) I'm not made of money you know you need to give me a tip before we leave. 
I haven't even had a look. It's so hard with all these European horses coming over. It'd be like somebody from Iceland coming to play at the Hamilton Club on Wednesday night. I wouldn't know where, how their form stacks up. What bridge is on this weekend? Big event on this weekend. The national team's being held in Auckland. Okay, all prepared. So that'll be, yeah, that'll be a big event, 15 A's. I think Liam, my friend Liam Milne yep. and Susan Humphreys, they're going to be there. Liam's playing with Matt Brown, is he? I haven't actually looked, but all I know is they've finally let him out from being locked up, or they're going oh. to, in time for him to be there on Saturday. Oh, well, good luck to that. It's one of our friends' birthdays, and we are going out to Villagrads for lunch. Mm. Should be nice. Have they got a dartboard out there? No, but Andrew brought me a new dartboard on Saturday night from the club, Hamilton Workingsmen's. They had the national event last year, so they buy all of these flash dartboards and they're selling them off. $30. So you'll be able to practice at home now? Oh, yeah. Where are you going to put it up? In oh, the kitchen? No. <laughs> no, Andrew will put it up. He'll put it up somewhere nice. In the toilet? <laughs> yeah, with a Trump poster oh, in the middle. Oh, just tell him I've made a couple of helpful suggestions. <laughs> I will. We'll let you know how we got on next week and check out our photos. But at the moment, here's Judge Dooley. Director, please. How can I help? Judge Julie presiding. Question one. Your partner opens one diamond, and the next hand leaps to four spade and doesn't put out a stop card. What do you do? How long have you got? Yeah, okay. So the theory is that, first of all, there's stuff about working in your favour, about if they don't use a stop card, you can take time to think, because clearly, if you used a stop card, you'd be able to take some time to think, and they've taken that option away from you. And put you under pressure to bit immediately where you might have things to think about. So I think that by far the easiest solution to this particular problem is just to call the director. And the regulations say you must use a stop card when you're making a jump bid. Now, bridge clubs tend to, to dilute the regulations, but they're not allowed to be in conflict. And we do want our players to be tournament ready. So it does sort of depend on the session, but if you're at a tournament and someone doesn't use a stop card, call the director. Whether the regulation is a good regulation or whether it is a bad regulation is actually not the point. It is a regulation by New Zealand Bridge. It is meant to be enforced and it is meant to be what we do. And we get lumbered with being stuck in no man's land because people ignore it. So, as I said, call the director and the director will sort out what happens next I often just put the stop card in front of myself and say I'm waiting, I'm going to take my time here, since you didn't bother using it, I'll use it for you that's the wrong, that is actually not the right thing to do. I was just thinking it sounded like a really good idea actually <laughs> It's frustration It happened to me the other day, when exactly that, one diamond four spades, I was sitting there with Six clubs and five hearts and a void in diamonds, my partner said. I had a couple of spades, only about seven points. And I'm thinking, should I be bidding for no trumps here, which says I've got two places? Should I just bid my six-club suit? Maybe I should double on void in partners. I mean, I actually did have a bit to think about, even yeah. for me. The whole point of the stop card is so that we lose that period of unauthorised information. So if the stop card is put out by the person making the bid, they count to about 10, slowly, 8 seconds to 10 seconds, 
and the person next to them is meant to look interested in their hand and like their thinking, even if they're thinking about what the washing is doing or something like that. They're meant to look interested even if they're not, and that way their partner doesn't know whether they've got some values or no values or some interest or no interest, and it removes a real bugbear, which is unauthorised information. I think that they help a lot, but then I direct. I know a large number of players really don't like them. I know in Australia they're not used. There is a lot of stuff around them. They are a regulation. They are a regulation we've had for a very long time. Our regulations say we use them. So if we don't use them and you get caught out, call the director and let the director make the ruling. I think the Americans have removed them from use too, haven't they? Or is that right? I don't know. They I, don't to, know. Yeah. I, I yeah. really don't know. I mean, the, the, there's various things that people have done and that they do and they don't do. It's a real bug. I mean, we've had them for so long and... I don't think that the majority of players use them. I could be wrong. I think they're good, but it's actually not whether I think they're good or not. It's what our regulations are, and I know a lot of players don't use them properly. Can I just say, 10 seconds seems like forever when you've put the stop card out in front of this person and you're counting to 10 or whatever you're doing, but when you're the person that's actually getting the 10 seconds to think, it doesn't seem like that long at all sometimes. Why is that? (laughs) And sometimes you just have to think. And everyone is allowed to think. The problem is their partner gets information and their partner is then in an invidious position some of the time about whether they bid or whether they don't bid. If you've got a clear-cut bid, it doesn't matter. It's completely irrelevant. But if you don't have a clear-cut bid, then we have problems. Yeah, it's when it's marginal that it gets hard. Yeah, Not necessarily marginal in people's minds. It's just <laughs> the way that we've applied the process when we're looking at these things of unauthorised information. And they cause upset and concern, and the, certainly the introduction of stop cards has removed some incredibly volatile situations. As said, they are regulated, they should be used. If something is not done that should be done, we should always call the director. You're meant to ask your question while the stop card is out, aren't you? Not wait till they pull it back and then ask the question. The point of the stop card being out is so you ask and you think about what you're going to do in the time that it's out for. It is not that we sit there, twiddle our thumbs and waste 10 seconds. Of our life. (laughs) <laughs> we start to think and we start to ask questions. And, I mean, there is. The problem is that even good players refuse to follow the regulation. So there is a lot of rubbish around the use of stop cards that really doesn't help anybody at all on either side of this particular argument. Question two is about dummy, what they can or can't do. Declare a cause for small club from dummy, and dummy says, small? Is really? That a- <laughs> Is, is that okay? Well, at least they asked and didn't play the ace or something like that immediately. <laughs> no, 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 no. It is not okay. The French call dummy l'amour, which is the dead one, all right, because basically you are not allowed to do anything at all except what your partner says. You are not allowed to indicate, hint, raise eyebrows, look confused or anything else. So if dummy's hand keeps wandering over towards those Good diamonds and dummy, that's... They should be sitting on their hand. Hand should not be on the table at all. And not because you're actually indicating anything, but people tend to think that you might be. So good habits for dummy. Don't have your hands on the table. Have them on your lap, just somewhere where they're not on the table and not visible to your partner. (laughs) 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 Uh, To call the cards from dummy, not to touch them. 
very good habits actually from Declarer's point of view and the dummy to do what they are told without any hesitation without their hand wandering to the card they know is the best card in the suit but actually playing the card that partner says and if they do anything else then the director can be called and if they've given their partner information then they will be in trouble and they have to play the card their partner calls. If they play a different card, that is not the played card. The played card is the one that declarer calls for, even when it seems really bizarre. Hey, can I ask one quick question? So question three. Yep. Can dummy adjust their cards? They've got no more hearts, so they fill that little gap up and put their cards closer together. Can okay. do that? I, I would suggest, and I've seen people do this, that they rearrange where the suits are because all of a sudden there's a suit gone missing and they like it to go black, red, black, red or whatever people do. For a start, when your partner's playing the hand and they're looking at dummy, if you suddenly rearrange things, you actually make it a lot harder for your partner to keep track of what's going on because what you're looking at is all of a sudden just dis- disappeared and got changed. Just wanting to be neat and tidy... No. Um, some of the time you might have to make room. You might have to push your cards down because you haven't given yourself enough room to put the cards down in front of you. Some of the time if partners got poor eyesight. But the clearer should be asking, can you do this if that's the case? What if you realise right. there's a heart in with the diamonds or something? You think, oh my God, don't you have to fix that? If there's a heart in with the diamonds and you notice, then you should change it and okay. just say, I'm just correcting, all right? Or do something like that. But you really shouldn't do anything with dummy other than do what Declara says. Cool. I'm just thinking, Mariana, I really see Julie as dummy because she's usually at the other table. <laughs> but I can't just imagine her sitting there quietly, demurely, not saying anything. Behaving oh, yourself. Seriously, it's because when I used to smoke, I mean, Patrick hates it if, if you go away from the table. Oh, we know, don't we know it? <laughs> oh, really? He doesn't like playing the cards himself. He likes oh, you because to... when you've got the cards in front of you and you're looking through, you actually, it's very visual and you're seeing what you're doing and someone's yep. doing it for you. You're not leaning over and breaking that connection between what you're seeing and what you're doing. And it really does make a difference. Seriously, if you want to play the cards better for a lot of people actually calling for the cards and letting your partner pick them up and play them is possibly a very good idea well hey that's one way to see if bailiff will get upset and try and get julie <laughs> away from the table next time he's to clear it no well i didn't leave very often even when i did smoke we always played fast yep. and now i don't smoke it's completely irrelevant I'm going to even chuck in a fourth question. When declarer is calling for a card, should yep. they name the card or say top or bottom, say heart? First of all, if you call low or high, you're dreamed to have played the lowest card of the suit yep. or the highest card of the suit. If you call for a card and you haven't named which suit, it is presumed to be the suit that was last played. Right. If you call for a card that is not in the suit, like say you call for the jack of spades but you don't have a jack of spades, that does not mean that you have to play any other jack in, in dummy's hand. The card is not there, it is non-existent. So declarer has to clarify which card they are oh, yeah. calling for. But is it PC to actually name the card, you know, in a loudish type voice so everyone can hear or just say well, top bottom? 
clear about what you call so that yep. everyone does know. There are, as I have given examples before, of the accent coup where people play very wrong cards because they don't hear what the clearers call yep. and they misunderstand what has been said. But So you should speak as clearly as you can. But if you call a card and dummy plays the card, then normally there's just not an issue. Yeah. If the opponents think there is an issue, then they call the director and they, the director will sort it out. My partner has a very quiet voice and sometimes it is a bit hard to... For some reason, she never has any, any trouble hearing me. <laughs> I'm surprised, Barry. Um, how far away is she? <laughs> Okay, so that's All cool. Right. I think you've clarified uh, that. What did you say? Le Moore? What's it called? The French thing? The dead. The dead one. Le Moore. Le Moore. L-E-M-O-R-T. Two separate words. Le Moore. Le Moore. You would say in English, but you don't say the T. It's silent in French. Say Le Moore. That means dummy is dead. Not La Moore, which is love, but Le Moore, which is the dead one. Le Moore. One. Okay. Got it. Could come in handy. <laughs> Hey, Jolly, we've got our hats. We're about to go off and play bridge at Hamilton Bridge Club. It's the Melbourne Cup Day and you've got to wear a hat. So we're going to take a photo of us wearing our hats today in the studio and post it up. Have a look. He even cleaned his hat. I don't think either of us are going to get a prize, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> the hat that I was going to wear, I couldn't be bothered making it. All right. Okay. She's going to be a Maori leprechaun when she's got this hat on. Yeah, I'm back in an Irish horse today. <laughs> she's got an Irish oh, hat. Yeah. Got, yep. She's got an Irish hat. Right. <laughs> Thank All you. All right. Well, we'll catch you next week. Yep. We'll report back in and tell you whether we won the hat competition next week. Oh, well, good luck okay. to everybody in playing in Hamilton today, especially with the hat competition. <laughs> Bye for now. Catch you next week. Bye. Okay. Bye. With all the changes that are happening with the rating points, the A points, the B points, open, intermediate players, we thought we'd go straight to the horse's mouth and have a chat with Mr Secretary Alistair Start from New Zealand Bridge. Hi both of you. Happy to share what I can with you on these. First of all, Alistair, the new ranking for open players. How do you become an open player these days? So what we're going to bring in for next year, we've taken the local master five stars out of the open grade and we've also dropped the requirement to have 100 rating points. Simply, if you're provincial master and above, you'll be open and if you're ranked below that, you won't be. What's a provincial master? 100 master points, including at least 50 A's. And that makes you open and a provincial master at the same time? And how many players is this going to affect, Alistair? We've got about 700 people that will probably drop back to be able to play intermediate-level tournaments. 700? Whoa! Yeah, well, when you think about it, the tournaments that seem to be struggling for numbers, I could be wrong here, Alistair, but I would guess the intermediate tournaments do seem to be the ones, don't they? Yes, a lot of people have stopped playing tournaments once they become open because the side of the field's a bit tough or it's not for them. One of the things we want to achieve is to hopefully get more people playing tournaments and particularly after this year when I just did a little recce before, we lost nearly 200 events off the calendar with the lockdown and the cancellations. I mean, hopefully this is going to mean our intermediate tournaments are going to be a bit better patronised. Yeah, well, that's the aim. A lot more people can play them, and we hope they will. How did the running in the Waikato Bay of Plenty of the... Restricted grade. Restricted grade. How did that pan out? We had about seven of those events 
that got held all in the North Island. While the numbers attending were quite low, feedback we've had, they were well received by the people that played in them. That trial we're going to review over the next few weeks and look at what we're going to bring in for next year. Oh, OK. Cool. Yeah, I think Hamilton found that we, we actually did struggle to get the numbers, but I think that is the case with intermediate to open. They're not quite so keen to enter as, as your open players who you, who you don't sort of have to jolly along. Yeah, there'll be some sort of restricted open offering for next year. Where we benchmark that, we haven't sort of finalised. So it'll be a bit higher, though, than you would expect? I expect it will, yeah. 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 So it used to be, what, National Master or something, was it? Or what did you have to be, a National Master or below? Look, we just took a crude line, and it was just anyone with less than 100 A points. Oh, OK. And so it's likely to go upwards of 100, obviously? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Maybe 175. Okay. But I'm just talking off the top of my head with that, because we really haven't looked at it. Sure. OK. Yeah. Now, speaking about rating points, how are they going to work? I had a few people ask me how this is going to work. Now, usually we depreciate people's rating points each year by about, is it 20%? Yeah, we take 20% off the opening figure normally. Given what we've lost this year, we are looking at n- no depreciation at all for this coming year. So wow. players will retain their opening rating points, will add on the little bit that they've earned this year, and that'll be their start figure for next year. Okay, so that means Michael Weirer have about 40 million rating points. <laughs> He'll have a few. <laughs> and I'm still closer to that magic 100 than I would ever be. Okay, but you've got to Provincial Master, Marianas. You're never, ever going back to Intermediate. No. Okay. It's okay, I'm all good with that. <laughs> I understand you've got a bit of a Christmas present for some of the A-point hunters around the place for next year, Alistair. What we've agreed to do for next year, and just sort of following on from what we've missed out on this year and the loss of Canberra in January and the big Gold Coast tournament in February next year that aren't proceeding, we've made some changes for our mini congresses and we're allowing the organisers of those to upgrade those events from 10A to 15A and we're also allowing them if they wish to add some days on to those programs. Wow. And I understand there's quite a bit of work being done now by our friends in Taranaki Taranaki Congress that's held in March each year. There'll be some information out shortly about that one where they're going to extend the programme by several days. Yeah, looking forward to that. We're hoping to have Colin Carrier on the show today to talk about it. They've got a few things to firm up on and hopefully he'll be on next week. And I think that'll be good. It'll be a really nice substitute for those of us that are going to miss the Gold Coast tournament. Well, Taranaki is sort of on the way, isn't it? It's on the right side of the island and it's it's got a bit of sand and surf. It's probably as close to the Gold Coast as we're going to get for a little while geographically, isn't it? (laughs) Hey, Alistair, are there any other regions that are looking at possible extension? At this stage, that's the only one I've heard back from. We've only put the bulletin out last week. Okay. We're just going to make the process pretty simple. They can just come back to us. Yeah, I'm thinking a Hokafitu 10-day congress would catch on. (laughs) I'm sure it would. (laughs) All the bowlers would get in the way, Barry. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's been great chatting. Lots of things happening next year. You've yeah. been a busy lad. It's um, just what we do. And Mariana's just champing at the bit to try and get to that 100A point. Yeah, well, Only 29 to go. Well, next year will be a bit easier for you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> okay, bye for now, Alistair. All right, take care, both of you. Thanks a lot. See you bye. later. Hey, that was pretty interesting, what Alistair was saying with all the changes that's going to happen next year. Yeah, be 
fascinating to see what difference that makes. I just really hope it means that our intermediate tournaments are going to be chocker full of entries. Another 700 players, that's quite a few really. It is. If you're there in that little area between... So a provincial master has to have 100 master points, 50 of which must be A points. If you're below that level, you'll be able to go back to intermediate. By the way, that doesn't mean that you have to play intermediate. If you're happy playing in open tournaments and you want to play against the best, then absolutely go for it. There's nothing to stop you. True. That's all from us for this week. I hope you have a great week of bridge and good luck to everybody playing up in Auckland. Playing up. Oh, playing up in Auckland. Yeah. Okay. Playing up in Auckland, <laughs> oh, not going to Auckland to play up. <laughs> yeah, okay, I've got you now. I misunderstood. <laughs> Look, you little angelic thing, you. You wouldn't even know what playing up is. I wouldn't. That's true. <laughs> I'm a saint. Has there been a saint buried, do you think? I don't know. Maybe there will be. Okay, good see you next week, guys. All right, take care. This program is sponsored by New Zealand Bridge, sponsors of Grassroots Bridge across the nation. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.